0: Our preaching text comes from 1 John 1, verses 1 through 4. We declare to you what was from the beginning, what we have heard, what we have seen with our eyes, what we have looked at and touched with our hands concerning the word of life. This life was revealed and we have seen it and testify to it and declare to you the eternal life that was with the Father and was revealed to us. We declare to you what we have seen and heard, so that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Brothers and sisters, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Let us pray. Holy Spirit, give us new eyes, new ears, and new hands, that we may receive you this day and every day. Amen. One of the essential teachings of the Christian faith is that our God is a personal God, a personal God who desires relationship. In fact, relationship is so essential to who God is that God exists not just as a single person, but as three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Since before the world began and eternally after it comes to an end, this God in three persons exists in eternal perfect relationship each person of the Trinity abiding in loving relationship with the others. But even though this relationship of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is totally sufficient, even though God doesn't need any relationship beyond the relationship that God already is, God chose to create us anyway so that we too could be drawn in to this relationship of God. Now, hopefully everything I just said sounds familiar to you, but if we leave it there, it still sounds pretty distant. So let me ask the question, how do we encounter God? How do we experience that relationship which God has so graciously given us, not just in the future, but here and now? Well, if you've ever had somebody ask you about your faith, maybe somebody who isn't a Christian, who doesn't believe like you do, if you've ever had someone ask you why you believe what you do, you've probably found yourself answering this question in one form or another. And where at one time in the not-so-distant past it would be enough to refer to the authority of the church or of the Bible to justify your belief— Increasingly, it appears that the highest authority in our culture is not the church or any other institution, for that matter, but rather our personal intuition. The only acceptable answer, it seems, to justify your faith to another is to say, well, that's just the way I feel about it. This isn't just true in talking about religion, of course. In all sorts of discussions, from immigration to issues of sex and gender, even to medicine, we rely on our own internal sense of what's true, rather than listen to outside authorities. Rather than backing up our positions by saying, I think this, or experts say that, we can pretty much end the discussion with, well, that's just the way I feel about it as though that were a good reason to hold a position. Now, while this rejection of reason and facts in favor of feelings is a huge problem for our society, especially as cable news and social media are flooded with misinformation, it is especially a disaster if we apply it to our spiritual lives, to the way we Christians live in relationship with Jesus Christ. Because if faith is only a matter of personal intuition, then it is something private, not something you can give to another. And worse, if faith is a matter of personal intuition, of some inner feeling, then your relationship with your God, it's on shaky ground indeed. No, since God is a person, or three persons, rather, we relate to God as we would any other person by listening with our ears, by looking with our eyes, by touching with our hands. Listen to our reading from 1 John. What we have heard, what we have seen with our eyes, what we have looked at and touched with our hands Concerning the word of life, and then further down, we declare to you what we have seen and heard, so that you also may have fellowship, that is, relationship with us. And truly, our fellowship, our relationship, is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. Notice what the writer does here. He doesn't tell his readers about his personal intuition about the inner feeling of his heart. Rather, he tells them about what he has experienced with his senses, with his eyes and his ears and his hands. He has relationship with God, not through some mysterious internal attitude, but because God has communicated to him the word of life through physical things that he can see and hear and touch. Now, as is the case with most of the New Testament letters, we don't know exactly what circumstances prompted 1 John to be written. There have been lots of guesses, some more likely than others, but none of them are very certain. But one of the guesses I like the most is that this letter was written in order to correct some misinterpretations of people who had read John's Gospel. Now, one of those misinterpretations that we know of was the idea that when Jesus came to earth, he didn't actually become human, but only looked human. Docetists, as they were called, believed that it was inappropriate for God, who is spirit, to take on flesh and undergo death. So they taught that Jesus remained spirit throughout his ministry and that he only appeared to die on the cross. But in response, our reading insists that Jesus, the word of life, was a real flesh and blood, visible, audible, and touchable human being. And that through the sharing of these real, visible, audible, and touchable words, we have a fellowship, a community, a relationship with God. So let me return to that earlier question. How do we encounter God? Well, we encounter God through what we hear with our ears, through the sermon and the reading of Scripture, through the promises spoken in the sacraments, through the hymns that we sing, through the conversations that we have as a church, as the body of Christ We encounter God through what we see with our eyes, through the written or signed word, whether scripture or teaching, through the smile of a friend or the sympathetic look of a mother, through visual works of art that portray the work of God to us, or through the beauty and the power of creation. We encounter God through what we touch with our hands, through the waters of baptism and the bread and wine of communion, through the handshake of peace, through the hug of a loved one, through the daily bread in all of its forms, which sustains us. Day by day, hour by hour, minute by minute, God is present to us through the created person's Places and things of creation. God warns and promises, frowns and smiles, restrains and embraces all in ways that we can hear, that we can see, that we can touch. And while God indeed does this through all of creation, it is especially when we gather as the church around God's sacramental word that God's heart for us is more fully revealed and God's fellowship with us is more fully lived and God's joy in us is more fully accomplished. So ears be open. And eyes be unclouded, and hands be unbound. Receive Jesus Christ, the word of life, in ways you can hear and see and touch. Taste and see that the Lord is good. He is a refuge who does not fail. Amen.